Ave Maria Prisma, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the feast of St. Fabian and St. Sebastian. We have a first-class relic of St. Sebastian up there. So after Thanksgiving today, we'll uh, give everybody a blessing with that relic. St. Fabian's a pope. Uh, he's martyred under the, in the persecution of Dacius in 250. And St. Sebastian uh, was martyred during Diocletian. And I'm going to uh, preach a little bit on St. Sebastian. Diocletian was emperor from uh, 284 to 305. And he is the emperor responsible for the greatest persecution. Uh, because of the persecution, St. Sebastian was one of the captains of the Praetorian Guard, uh, concealed the fact that he was Catholic, not out of fear, but because he was fully aware that a man in his position had a great opportunity to travel freely, to help those who had not yet been identified as Catholics by the authorities, and to visit imprisoned Christians and encourage them to keep the faith. In fact, St. Sebastian was so zealous in aiding and encouraging other Christians that the Pope, Pope St. Caius, called him the defender of the church. Two Catholic noblemen, twin brothers named Mark and Marcellianus, had been thrown into prison and tortured. But they had such great uh, support from Sebastian that they bore their trials cheerfully. They were finally sentenced to the death for the crime of being Catholic, but the insistence of their pagan friends and relatives, the prefect of Rome, who's a man named Crematius, delayed their execution for 30 days. Mark and Marcellianus' friends and relatives had promised the prefect that before the 30 days were over, they would certainly per persuade the twins to sacrifice to the gods. So the prefect sent the two men to be held as prisoners in the house of one of his officers, a man named Nicostratus, with orders that any of their pagan friends could visit at any time. The tortures which Mark and Marcellianus had manfully suffered began to seem mild compared to the pressures they now had to endure. They had a very large circle of friends and relatives that loved them uh, very deeply and were sparing no length to give up this foolishness of wor worshiping this Jewish carpenter who had been crucified. They exhorted Mark and Marcellianus to consider the duties they had towards their family, their wives, their children. They told him God surely expect them to do their duty and take care of their dependents, not to abandon everything. Their mother, Marcia, an old pagan noblewoman, begged them by the love which she had nursed them and cared by them, not to bring her sorrowing into the grave. Their old crippled father, Tranquilinus, upbraided his sons for their stupidity and running after death as they were now doing and lamented that they should think this was a fitting way to repay a father for all he had done for them. Their wives would cry and hold up their little babies and beg them to stop this cruelty, not make them widows and their kids orphans. And this went on and on. Day in and day out, uh, the pressure started to take its t toll on them. And finally, St. Sebastian realized they were in danger of committing uh, the apostasy. And so in front of the whole crowd of guards, friends, and relatives, he stood up and exposed himself as a Christian, and exhorted them, the brothers, to remain firm in the faith. And then he turned to the crowd and urged them to stop tempting the brothers to give up their crowns. And I quote, For the hopes of Christians are not idle fables, but solid truths. This is proven every day by the miracles which Christians work. They raise the dead, they give sight to the blind, they cure the worst disease, only by calling on the name of Jesus. And if these miracles which Christians work be true, most well, certainly the promises of Christ are also true. And it is reasonable that a man should die for them. So dry up your tears and joyfully accompany these holy martyrs their triumph. And I hope by their merits, God will open your eyes also. Thus St. Sebastian. When he finished, the whole room filled up with this heavenly light, in the midst of which were seven angels. And our Lord, who embraced Sebastian, said, 
Thou shalt always be with me. And the apparition disappeared, but everyone there, pagans and Catholics, saw the apparition, and they heard what our Lord said. Zoe was the wife of the jailer, Nicostratus, and she'd been mute uh, for six years, and she's instantly converted. She, she throws herself at St. Sebastian's feet, make, making signs she wanted to be baptized. And remember, this means this is the death penalty, and she's professing her faith just like that in front of these uh, whole crowd of pagans. So St. Sebastian said, if I'm the servant of Jesus, and if all I said be true, may the Lord Jesus heal thee and loose thy tongue and make thee speak. And he made the sign of the cross over Zoe's mouth. And instantly she began to speak and praising God and St. Sebastian for curing her. So her husband, Nicostratus, the jailer, was so struck by this miracle that he converted. Tranquilinus and Martha, the father and mother of the twins, were converted, as were their wives and children. And so everybody's begging St. Sebastian to baptize him, but he asked Nicostratus to first bring up the other prisoners being held so they might hear the have the opportunity to hear the gospel. So Nicostratus brought them in, and St. Sebastian preached to them. And uh, they all converted. St. Sebastian sent for a priest who baptized all 64 of the converts. And although Tranquilinus had been crippled for 11 years, the moment he was baptized, his crippled limbs straightened out, and he was totally healed. Two other men who had severe disabilities were also healed at their baptism. You know, at the end of the 30 days, Chromatius, he's the prefect of Rome, he summons, he summons Tranquilinus to find out what sort of success he had had in getting his twin sons to sacrifice to the gods. Now, Chromatius, who was himself crippled, was amazed, to put it mildly, to see Tranquilinus walk in rather than been carried on a litter. Tranquilinus told Chromatius the whole story of how he'd been healed, but Chromatius still had doubts about the faith, so Tranquilinus sent for St. Sebastian. Chromatius listened to Sebastian, but still filled with doubts, until Sebastian promised him if he'd believe also, he'd be cured just like Tranquilinus, but first he'd have to destroy all his household gods. Now the pagan Romans had a shrine in their house called the Lararum. It contained all these little statues, all these idols of the gods and goddesses, which would be worshipped on special days and sacrifices offered to them. So Chromatius agreed, and the idols were smashed, but he still wasn't cured. And so St. Sebastian said to Chromatius, since you're not cured, either you haven't renounced your belief in these, or you're holding back some idols. Chromatius admitted he did have another room uh, with uh, things used for pagan worship. And, and as soon as those things were destroyed, he was cured. Now think of this, the divine mercy right there, because Chromatius is a man responsible for martyring Catholics. And yet our, our, our Lord cures him at this point. As a result of this, Chromatius' entire household, including his slaves, was also converted and baptized. And in thanksgiving for his miraculous cover, he freed his slaves. That's 1,400 men, 1,400 slaves. He said that those who had God for their father shouldn't, have, shouldn't be slaves to men. He decided he could no longer uh, perform the office of prefect of Rome. So at the vice of the Pope, he resigned and went to live in a great country villa some distance from Rome. The Pope, the priests of Rome, and men like St. Sebastian would send uh, Christians whose faith was weak or didn't receive the call to martyrdom ought to live with Chromatius in the country at his villa while they continued to take care of the Christians in Rome. The new prefect of Rome, Sumbered Mark Marcellianus, in order to sacrifice to the gods. When they refused, he had them bound to two pillars with their feet nailed to him. They hung for a full day singing psalms all time until finally they were pierced with lances. St. Zoe was discovered while she was praying at St. Peter's tomb. She was martyred by being hung by the heels over a fire. Her husband, uh, or Tranquilinus, rather, went to pray at the tomb of St. Paul, was stoned to death by a crowd. Chromatius' son Tiburtius, 
who was also converted and baptized at the same time as his father, had stayed in Rome. He was not suspected of being a Christian. It made him easy to imitate St. Sebastian by moving around, secretly helping the Christians, exhorting them to stay strong in the faith, giving his money to the poor, and generally setting a good example to everyone. One day as he's walking along, he came across a crowd gathered around a dying young man who had fallen from a great height. He asked if he minded if he spoke briefly to the young man. He thought it might do him some good. So he did. The crowd moves away. He said, Our Father, and creed over the man who stood up in perfect health. And a great many were converted and baptized as a result of this miracle. Eventually, Tiburtius was betrayed by a Catholic that he had reproached for leading a sinful life. The prefect gave Tiburtius a choice either offer sacrifice to the gods or uh, walk around barefoot on burning coals. So Tiburtius made the sign of the cross over the coals and began walking around on them. And as he walked around on the coals, he reproached the prefect. Quote, away now with your obstinate infidelity and confess Jesus Christ to be the true God whose command all things obey. Or if you'll not believe in him, put your hands in a kettle of boiling water and call upon your God Jupiter, and you'll see whether for Jupiter's sake the water will not scald you. And in response, the prefect in instantly had Tiburtius beheaded. At last, at St. Sebastian's uh, turn, the Emperor Diocletian had heard that, that uh, St. Sebastian was a Christian. He sent for him, reproached him severely for his disloyalty, and then ordered that he be taken out of his sight and shot full of arrows. So he was taken to a field tied to a tree, shot full of arrows, and left for dead. Late that night, the widow of a martyr went to get his body in order to bury him, and she found out he was still alive. She took him to her home and dressed his wounds and cared for him, and then after a few days, God suddenly restored him to perfect health. So then St. Sebastian goes right back. He placed himself at a staircase where the emperor was going to pass by. And just as the emperor came up to him, St. Sebastian said, the priests of your temple, O emperor, deceive you and tell you lies about the Christians, making you believe they're the enemies of your empire. Well, in reality, they protect your empire by their daily prayers for its preservation. So Diocletian is completely startled by this uh, because he thinks that by a man who he thinks is dead. When he regains his composure, he says, are you Sebastian who ordered to be put to death? Did you not die? And if, if, not, if so, how did you come back to life again? So St. Sebastian said, My Lord Jesus has been pleased to give me life, in order that here before all people I may bear witness to the truth of his faith and your cruelty in persecuting the saints who have done you no harm. In his name, therefore, I command you, if you would preserve your life and your empire, to cease from your wickedness and to shed no more innocent blood. When Diocletian realizes that he's dealing with a living man and not a ghost, he ordered that St. Sebastian be tied to a pillar and beaten to death, and they got it done. And after his execution, uh, they threw his body into a sewer, but before very long, he appeared to a pious Christian lady in a vision, told her where his body was, and ordered to take it and bury it at the entrance to the catacombs. And uh, so his relics on the altar will give you a blessing with it. He's the patron saint. He's one of the 14 holy helpers. He's traditionally invoked uh, in the case of plagues. He's this patron saint of archers, athletes, and soldiers. Today's his feast day. St. Mark Marcellianus' feast day is June 18th. St. Zoe's feast day is July 5th. St. Tranquilina's feast day is July 6th. St. Nicostratus' feast day is July 7th. St. Tiburtius' feast day is August 11th, which is the same day as St. Chromatius. So there's a lot of lessons we can draw from the story of St. Sebastian, and I'll just draw out a couple of them. You can think on them yourself. But the importance of encouraging each other to keep the faith. We're all weak. We all live in a pagan environment, and so many of our friends and relatives are, for all practical purposes, pagans. And it can be hard to stay strong in the faith, so we need to imitate St. Sebastian and encourage each other. 
Uh, another point is the fact that St. Chromatius wasn't cured until he made a definite break with paganism. We can't keep our feet in both camps. Either we're Christ all the way, or not, we're not with Christ at all. It's that black and white. Uh, divine mercy. Think of the mercy God has for sinners. Even though Chromatius himself had ordered Catholics to martyrdom, he was given the grace of conversion. He's even a saint on our calendar. And Diocletian was offered exactly the same opportunity. That's why St. Sebastian was allowed to live through that first being pierced with arrows and go there and witness to him. But unlike Chromatius, he hardened his heart. God even sent a, a saint to help Diocletian. That's how much God loves us and wants us to be with him in heaven. And uh, so those are some of the things that uh, I, I guess the last thing we think is, is the protection of the weak. They were sending the Catholics out into the country that they thought were weak to keep them away from this situation. How important it is for us to protect our children who are weak from the influences of this satanic world. And how important it is for us to respect our own weakness in that way. and Be careful not to place ourselves in the near occasions of sin. Those are just a few things that you can draw from the story of St. Sebastian. Today, pray to St. Fabian Sebastian that you remain faithful unto death, faithful witnesses to the truths of the Catholic Church.